Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, so we want to welcome in Stadium's college basketball insider, Jeff Goodman, to the podcast. Jeff, appreciate you joining us. I'm sure it's uh, it's been a hectic week for you. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird going from watching uh, high school kids over the weekend at the Peach Jam and uh, now, you know, talking to Monty Bates. You know, that, I sat down with Monty Bates for a while. I'm going to write something on him this week, and uh, he'll probably be a top two pick, uh, not in next year's draft, but the following. And, and now talking about this year's draft and KK Cunningham, who I saw probably three years ago for the first time at the Peach Jam and fell in love with him. I mean, absolutely just fell in love with everything he's about. Like the biggest thing with Cade, the first time I saw him was it was just all about like making people better and winning and every intangible. That's that's why I loved him. And he's come a long way. I mean, listen, he really was not a shooter. And he would be the first one to say before last year, you know, we went through strengths and weaknesses. And his list was longer on the weakness end, which was kind of cool to hear. Most kids are like, they talk about their strengths. He He's so self-aware and confident that he went through all the weaknesses, you know, perimeter shooting and taking care of the ball and this and that. And uh, But he shot 40% from three last year. So that was uh, that was impressive. So he seems to you to be kind of that worthy number one pick type of player. 100%. 100% in every way. I mean, I, I think he's got a lot of Luka in him. I really do. I mean, their size, their ability to make people better. Neither are great athletes, neither are great shooters, but make enough. You know, the difference is the two biggest difference. Luke is a, a, a much better offensive player in terms of score, you know, with his footwork, with his ability to create separation. Just, you know, he's just got that knack for scoring. Cade's a much better defender. So, uh, I, I, again, I just think their, their size and athleticism or lack there of being an elite athlete and making people better uh, are, are really the similarities with those guys. So you had your final mock draft come out on watchstadium.com. Um, any big movements for the, for the final draft, any uh, tough decisions that, that you had to make for that? I mean, honestly, like one to four was pretty easy for me and one to five have kind of stayed the same just because I, I thought I had them from pretty much the, the day the lottery uh, occurred, you know, Cade being one Houston, like in Jalen green at two and then Cleveland had a dilemma. And I think we'll have a dilemma, but ultimately it's hard for them to go Jalen Suggs when they already have Darius Garland and Colin Sexton. And it forces them to have to make a move when it's not clear cut anyway. Uh, but Mobley can play with Jared Allen. Uh, I, I think they'll be fine together. Mobley's more skilled on the offensive end, can step away, although he hasn't done a ton of it yet in, in college. So I think they go Mobley, and then Toronto is like the biggest winner of the draft. I mean, to get Jalen Suggs at four is absolutely insane. You know, I mean, he, elite-level player. People thought he might be in the equation for the number one overall pick earlier in the year. 
Uh, and then it gets interesting at, at five, Ben. You know, like that's the one that to me, I would take, if I'm Orlando and, and Jeff Weltman, I would take um, James Booknight. I, I just think to me, the way the game is now, where scoring is at such a, you know, that that's that's what you want, those kind of wings that can score the ball, especially at the end of shot clock or at the end of a game, give them the ball, they can make a play. Book Knight's got that. Scotty Barnes doesn't. Scotty Barnes is a Draymond Green type player. I think Orlando really likes him. But if I'm them, I make sure I get Book Knight at five. And then at eight, I'm still going to have a Barnes, a Kaminga, a guy who can defend. But I'm going to make sure I get Book Knight because I think he's a guy that, you know, can can be a all-star, fringe all-star caliber player. Somebody that you can sort of build around. Not a franchise player, but you know, a, a, you know, 16, 18 point a game guy. Going into last weekend, Scotty Barnes and Jonathan Kaminga were about even odds to go fifth overall to the magic. That's what they hold right now. Why has Barnes risen up draft board so much? And do you think there's any chance that maybe Barnes could go ahead of Jalen Suggs at four? I'd be shocked if he goes ahead of Suggs. I think it's a clear four in this draft and I've said this all along like the four guys and then a gap and I don't know if it's Barnes moving up or Kaminga moving down guys I've I've never been a huge Kaminga guy you know he was up and down in the bubble he shot what 24 percent or something from three not a big time three-point shooter you know and and even defensively he's got the skills but but it's not like he's consistent uh, you know as a as a big time defender yet where Obviously, Scotty Barnes can go out there and probably guard almost anybody, not almost, you know, close to anybody in the, in the league right now. You know, he's 6'9", he's long, he's strong, he's done it in college. Kaminga was up and down in the bubble. You know, and, and they love, NBA guys love Jalen Green because he played hard all the time and he made shots in the bubble. And nobody thought he could. Everybody thought he was just like a 25% shooter like Kaminga. Well, he proved to, to be able to really make shots, play hard all the time. And he's an elite level athlete. And Kaminga's kind of now that versatile forward. But if you're a versatile forward and you can't shoot, what are you? I, personally, I wouldn't take Kaminga in the top 10. I wouldn't. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I really would not. But but I think he'll go somewhere, you know, somewhere in that six to nine range is where I think he goes. I want to ask you about Moses Moody because so for your draft, you have him going 10th. Um, to the Memphis Grizzlies and on the betting podcast early on we talked about his over under it was uh, I think it was over under 11 and a half and the under was was pretty heavily favored I think that's a bet I'm going to hit for Moses Moody do you see him at all moving outside of that top 11 or are you pretty sure he's gonna go top 11 maybe even top 10 I think he goes somewhere in that range right I mean but it's it's hard to say at that point because you just there's always a guy that slides out of there that you don't expect. Always, without without question. I don't know who it's going to be that kind of gets to 10 that maybe you don't expect. You know, that, I mean, the Pelicans, what they need is a floor spacer, right? You can't take another guy that's going to clog the, the, the court because you've already got Zion. And, and, and Zion, as good as he is, you better have the right players around him. And J.J. Redick, is at the end of his career. Like, that's it, right? Like, they don't even play him anymore. So they need somebody that's going to be able to shoot the basketball. And Moody can shoot it. He's got size, and he can guard. 
So I think when you have those three things, you can you can be put on the court right away. Like Corey Kispert is going to have a harder time getting on the court because he can't really guard. Moody can guard and he can shoot. He may not be the shooter Kispert is, but he's pretty good. So I, I think Moody is a guy that fits in perfectly in New Orleans. Like if I'm David Griffin and he's there, I don't even look anywhere else. Like he's exactly what that team needs right now, especially if they bring in Kyle Lowry. You know, you bring in Lowry with Zion, with Ingram, you know, you, you could use another guy that can just literally just kind of stretch that defense and kind of stand in the corner and then guard because they're not great defensively either. Yeah, we've seen some mock drafts with Moses Moody as high as eighth to the the Magic, and that's the Magic second pick, so maybe it depends on what they end up doing at five. And you mentioned James Booknight as a possibility for the Magic at five. Chris Duarte, his odds have moved because he's rising up draft board. Is there any other players that we kind of haven't heard much of that you expect to maybe go higher than expected tomorrow night? I mean, I think Kai Jones will. I've seen Kai Jones anywhere from, you know, at the high end at like 11 where I have him uh, with Charlotte to like all the way down to the 20s. And I just can't see him not going closer to 11 because he's 6'11 and he can shoot it. And that's what everybody wants right now, right? I mean, those forwards, again, that are skilled. Like, I don't understand how, how the kid Sangoon, most people have him really high. I, I don't get it. I just don't really get it because, you know, frankly, he, he's a guy that's not a, a big-time athlete. Um, so I could see him really kind of falling. He put up big numbers in Turkey. But, you know, again, if you're below the rim big these days, people have him. I've seen him in mock drafts as high as like 10 or 12. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but, again, Oklahoma City, it's, I mean, we'll see how many picks Presti holds on to here. Uh, or if he makes a move in Golden State, you know, Golden State could change this whole draft if if they make a real move. And, I, you know, I've been told Bob Myers certainly wants to see if he can upgrade right now, right, and get another veteran that can help them win now. You know, like Duarte would be great at, at 14 to be able to add because Duarte is a guy that I think in the second unit can come in and help him. He can shoot it. You know, he makes good decisions with the ball. He can guard. I think he's really good. But again, if you're if you're Bob Myers in Golden State right now, you're looking to win another title. And is Chris Duarte going to put you over the top? Like, he'll help you. But to me, it's like, oh, well, is Bradley Beal available? Because that's who we want. You know, if you're if you're Golden State, you're saying, like, take Wiggins, take Wiseman, take 7 and 14, and give us Beal. And we're good. And, and they probably won't do it because I don't know why you want Wiggins. But... Uh, <laughs> But ultimately, that's what you're trying to do, right? Like, whatever you can do to get that other piece, if Clay comes back to put with with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and that's where, I mean, regardless if if they just have to settle for like seven and fourteen, and they get like, I got him at Davion Mitchell. He's a guy still higher than most. A lot of guys have him now fallen into that maybe almost a second pick for Golden State around fourteen or somewhere ten to fourteen. I, I still think that. Some team will will and it's hard because Sacramento is not going to take him, right? We we know that. Um, you know Charlotte's not going to take him if he gets there. Charlotte's got multiple point guards. Sacramento's got De'Aaron Fox and Hal Burton, so they're not going to touch him. Um, so really, the 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 spots for him 
are more Golden State, Orlando at eight. I think Davion Mitchell would be really good at Orlando for at eight, to be honest, because they need a point guard. I mean, I know people think Cole Anthony might be the guy. Like, Cole Anthony, to me, is a good second-unit point guard. Davion Mitchell's really interesting to me because I know, you know, after right after March Madness, if you were to ask people, they would have said, absolutely, top 10 top 10 guy, and then the summer happens, he gets out of everyone's minds, and suddenly he's now like 12 and a half, 13, people are expecting him, but you're still high on him. I am. I, I mean, elite defender. Elite yeah. defender who shot 45% from three. Now, was that a fluke? It might have been. I mean, he's probably not a 45% three-point shooter, let's be honest. But can he be a 37% three-point shooter in the NBA? And if he's that, and if he's Marcus Smart on the defensive end, and he's a better shooter than Marcus Smart, and also he's a better decision maker. Certainly at this stage, it may be even, he might be a better decision maker today than Marcus Smart is with the ball in his hands running a team. So I, I think Davion Mitchell's pretty damn good. And at worst case scenario, he's an elite level defender. At best case scenario, you've got a guy who's a top 10 point guard. So before we finish out, I do want to ask you about Io Nsumu from Illinois. Um, I think just looking at the odds, I think it was 26 and a half was his draft spot. What are you expecting to where he goes? Uh, what, what teams do you think would be interested in him? What's kind of your, your thoughts around IO? It's crazy how, um, NBA guys, they just don't really love him. They don't. Yeah. And, you know, part of it is they don't know what he is, right? They, they feel like he was able to play bully ball and, and use that body in college and he won't be able to do it in the league. And, you know, he, he's a guy that actually did, you know, the one, one of the things that NBA guys told him to come back for was shoot it better. Well, he did. I mean, he shot like 39% from three last year. So he did that. But I think they, they, they feel like, well, he's not a point. And he's really not a two because he doesn't score it well enough to be a two. But, you know, again, I think when you're talking in the mid-20s, which is probably where he goes, that's pretty good value. You know, him... I think Jared Butler is another one that's really intriguing right now because of the medical, you know, came back. Now he's cleared by the NBA. Still, how concerned are teams? Even though he's cleared, how concerned are teams with that medical? Um, I love Jared Butler. I think he can be, again, a great, you know, combo guard coming off the bench in the league. So I think if you can get him in the 20s. And then, you know, there's some red flag guys. Jalen Johnson, where does he go? I mean, he's kind of the ultimate wild card for me in that kind of mid-tier range. Could he go 10? Sure. Could he go 25? Yeah. Like, we just don't know what came back from the Duke camp and all the other people that, that the NBA guys have talked to while he jumped around from school to school in high school. I did see a bet out there, uh, Jalen Johnson or Kai Jones to be drafted first, and Based on some of the things you said and some other mocks I've read, I think Kai Jones could be a good bet because I also agree that just there might be some concerns because of how Jalen Johnson's one year at Duke went and opting out of the season and some of the, the potential backlash and red flags that caused. One question I have, when making a mock draft, how hard is it to decide on what you think will happen and what you think should happen? And is it kind of hard to sort all the information based on information you get, but also knowing that you have followed a lot of these players throughout their college careers and maybe even some in high school? Early on, it's what you think 
what you would do because you don't have enough info. Like when you do that first one after the lottery, you haven't talked to enough people. So it, you've talked to some people early on in the process, but you know, you're doing a lot of like what you think the needs are, you know, um, you know, Cleveland, for instance, you're like, okay, they can't take Suggs. They're not taking them. They're, they're, they're going to take Mobley. And then as you get more and more info, you might change that. So by now it's more of what, you think teams are going to do. But early on, a lot of it is what you think they should do. Not necessarily what you think they're going to do, what you think they should do. And then the more you talk to NBA guys, the more you're like, okay, yeah, I had IO a lot higher early. I did. But eventually you talk to enough NBA guys and they're like, yeah, like I was not going in the teens. You look like an idiot. You have them there. And it's like, okay, I better drop them. You know, I, I liked IO more than other people because I saw him in college and he was dominant. You know, he had a hell of a year for the most part. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think Kaminga for me again was another one I wrestled with because I was never a big, like I would have put Kaminga, I'm telling you like 15, if it were what I, what I would do, like if it were what I would do, I would have Jonathan Kaminga going like 16 in Oklahoma city. That's where I would have. Uh-huh. Just me personally, you know, but again, he's not going to go 16. I know he's going to go higher than 16. So I, I, you know, again, it's a kind of that balancing act, but you, you ultimately, you got to do what you think the teams are going to do, not what you would do or want them to do. Well, I appreciate that because as uh, someone who tries to make a little bit of money off this thing, it's much more useful to get the opinions of the, the people who are as plugged in as it gets and not just someone who, uh, puts their scouting hat on and pretends like it's a video game. So appreciate that. Uh, thanks a lot, Jeff, for joining us. We can watch you tomorrow on the Inside the Association draft special. That starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. And your mock draft, as we mentioned, on watchstadium.com. Anything else you want to add? Uh, Bones Highland moving up. Moving up quick, boys. There we go. It's getting a little bit of momentum here. Bones Highland is, is probably the one. The other one that um, – I don't know. It's funny. I did something with DraftKings yesterday and they asked me what I liked out of, out of the prop bets. And I said, I would go the, um, the over on Sharif Cooper. And it was like 20 at that point or 20 and a half, maybe. And literally like an hour later, it was 22 and a half. So I still like it. I still like the over, but I loved it at 20 and a half. Loved it. I saw 20 and a half yesterday morning. And yeah, right now we're sitting at 22 and a half with Crazy. juice on the over minus 130. So that's on the move. And who knows that make the, the mid twenties by the time uh, the draft can't starts. Shoot. Listen, he can't shoot and he can't guard. Those are two things yeah. you need to be able to do. Yeah. <laughs> one of, at least do one of them. Like if you can't do either of those, I don't know how, I mean, he's in, he's a hell of a passer. He is, he's a hell of a passer, but, um, to me, again, I don't know how you can take him. At, I, I think he falls out of the first round, but or, or late first, 28, 29, somewhere in there. That would cover every number, so that's that's good enough for us. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you coming on. You got it, guys. Good coming on, and uh, I'll see you guys soon.